Hey, you're listening to the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast, and if you're the kind of person who appreciates when someone asks for a price check at the dollar store, then this is the right podcast for you. And yes, earlier... Completely pointless, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you appreciate pointless stuff, then we're your guys. Welcome. Welcome. This is a podcast... (laughs) About stuttering and overcoming it while recording live audio on a Friday night. And if you don't know, we're a podcast. Now you know. Oh, that too. We're a podcast spanning all timelines of geek stuff, whether it's contemporary, reflective, or even a little bit of a look into the future concerning all things, I don't know, movies, TV shows, games, comic book related, of which we have some stuff today to talk about. Yeah, we do. We just literally, what, 10 minutes ago, mm-hmm. finished The Defenders. You did, and I did. Apparently, and I was you, on my phone. You already seen it, yeah. And I was, uh, I was all the way about halfway done with the last episode, and we're like, let's just watch it and let's spoil it. So fresh off the heels, yeah. Of uh, so a week later, we are wrapped up with season one of the not Defenders. bad for both of us to finish an entire season within a week, but it was only eight episodes. Doable, yeah. It was definitely doable, and we wanted to knock it out in good time so we can talk about it here. If you haven't seen it, be warning that it is a spoiler review. Um, but we also have another spoiler review. About a very special movie. Should we even save? Like this movie? I think we should. What do you think? Let's follow our um, hearts here. You know the Academy Award winning movie Room? Yeah, about child abduction? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. This is not that movie. Um, it, this one's from a while ago. It's by a director, writer, and starring Would you beautiful say visionary? and wonderful and visionary uh, Tommy Wiseau. We are going to spoil, warning, spoil review of The Room. So, a little context to this. We'll get into it more. But we had a bad movie night recently. And you all know The Room. But actually, if you sat down and watched it, it's an ordeal. It's a laughably bad ordeal. And we actually want to talk about it. We'll get into it later. When we say spoiler review, obviously, that's not with any seriousness. But we're just going to have a fun little retrospective look at The Room and then we've just got a little bit of tidbits to do about gaming and whatnot, as we all are currently experiencing. It is a slow season for games. But a couple new trailers dropped. Yeah. Wasn't Shadow of War supposed to be out by now? I don't know. Things get pushed back all the time. Yeah, I lose track. Yeah. But we got... Wardor. We do We do have a couple new games that have come out this week, but like Fortnite and Agents of Mayhem, but I don't think that we're really going to focus on any of those because we haven't had titles. the hands the on next time major title let's face it i think is destiny 2 i think that's the next one coming out in september next okay. month so um but, but we have a couple trailers yeah we've, we've got uh a couple trailers for jurassic world evolution and biomutant that have come out that we just want to touch on talk a little bit about before we is end biomutant biomutant yeah hmm, that sounds like like an 80s cheesy action yeah but movie title yeah, it's cool though. Hopefully the game's better than an cheesy still, 80s action title. It's still yeah, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, did. Yeah, it really did. But, I hadn't even heard of it. And that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about. What anyway, about me? No, I don't want to talk about you. Oh, okay. No, but what about what I want to talk about? What I want I don't want to talk about what you want to talk about. That's fair. So what we should ag- collectively agree on is thanking the people that are helping make us do I like this. where your head's at. It's a good thought. We Anyways, should do that. As you would say, Dear listeners, it's our fake sponsors. First of which, hey, we're all hungry, right? Not only are we hungry with our stomachs, but we're hungry for justice mm-hmm. and recognition yeah. and equality. Yes. And you know what? Chef Boyardee, they realize the way of their mistakes. For years. I always thought it was a little sexist. Right. 
So they've actually done a little uh, rebranding, a little re-imaging to reflect modern times. Good. Because, you know, gender fluidity is everything nowadays, especially yes. in like schools and places where the public's the public congregates. So Chef Boyardee, no longer. Now say hello to Chef Gender Neutral RD. Hello. That's right. The only sexual orientation inclusive canned pasta choice. Look for it on a shelf at a grocery store that you <laughs> shop at. Chef Gender Chef Gender Neutral RD. Mm, well, I think that's mm. great. I, you know, that's a company that is making some major strides. Strides, huge. Towards social justice. Good for them. Yeah. They're going through a whole rebrand just to call that out. I think that's great. So thank you to Chef Gender Neutral RD. Gender neutral <laughs> it's RD. hard to say, right? It is a little bit hard. You know what? The taste is better than the pronunciation. Uh, that's great. Isn't it? Good for them. Way to be forward thinking. Hashtag canned pasta revolution. <laughs> nice. So, you know what else is really cool? You know, the, you know what else I think is really cool? <laughs> a second fake sponsor, perhaps? <laughs> yes. This one came in. Uh, it, was, it was actually emailed to me. Uh, so I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to actually play it right now. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, my name is Gary Doodlesack, and I'm here to let you know about a brand new way for you to secure your family's financial future. Look, times get hard, and when they do, you need to make smart financial choices to ensure that your quality of life stays up to your extremely high privileged standards. Make this smart choice and start investing in hedge funds. Hedge funds give you the financial security you need to keep up those hedges in your yard. Let's face it, your neighbors judge you based on your yard and you don't want to end up like Dave down the street. Dave is an asshole. Dave doesn't even trim his hedges, and it makes the whole yard look like shit. Dave is an asshole. Don't be like Dave. Get a hedge fund today. Remember, just because money is tight doesn't mean your hedges have to suffer. To learn more about hedge funds, please visit don'tbelikedave.com. Thank you for your time. If you support us, then please take a moment to support our great fake sponsors like Chef Gender Neutral RD and Hedge Fund. And I think this would be a great time to throw it open to our topic of the week, which is Marvel's, wait, Netflix, wait, is it, do I say Netflix's Defenders or Marvel's Defenders? Netflix's Marvel's Marvel's Defenders. Defenders. And I keep wanting to call them the Avengers, so I call them, I guess, by happenstance, Devengers. Can we just say, uh, like, C-level Avengers? Yeah, the B-Squad, for sure. Okay. Okay, so season one, let's get into it. It's our topic of the week. Netflix's Marvel's B-Squad. Where to start? I know the beginning is usually the best place to start, but I have a lot of mixed feelings about this show. Yeah, let's talk about it as a whole real quick. I agree with you. When I first started watching it, or let me actually first say, I heard some folks. Yes. Okay, yes. Spoiler. at the beginning. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I heard a a bit of a review on literally just the first two episodes Mm -hmm. uh, on another podcast, and they were not thinking very highly of this. And so I went in kind of going, oh boy, this is going to be crap. The first couple of episodes I watched, I was like, they're not that bad. Uh, nothing's happening, but they're not that bad. And then somewhere around like the third episode, 
things start getting a little bit more fun. When they start There's a to little bit more action, come they, together. When they actually come together. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I like where this is going. I'm happy about this. But then almost nothing steam. happened for the entire rest of the season. What is that? Four episodes, like four through eight. Almost I, nothing I agree. happened. Yeah, it had a really good peak in the mid around episodes three or four. I think the episode yeah. where they end up doing a lock-in dinner at the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And they that, come in under attack at the end, but Stick shows up. I thought that was the high point. And after that, they just never really seemed to, you know, ride that wave of momentum. It just kind of went... Yeah, and there was um, not much of a story behind all of this. Some really big plot holes that, again, suspending my inner critic because it's a show based off of a comic, but still even within that context, based on what all these individual seasons have done before and the serious tone they've set, there's some campy moments and just a lot of plot holes uh, for me too, kind of littered throughout this season. Yeah, there's a lot of questions that arise as this story is being told and you're like, but why this? But why that? Or how did this get there? Or you kind of try to base things off of a general understanding of story structure. And this thing didn't have the general story structure that um, I think, it, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called the hero's journey. It's it's just a structure of uh, that you kind of find in almost all of these hero type stories. And this thing didn't have any of that. And I felt like because of that, there was just this real lull where there was so much dialogue, but no point to any of it. And that's just bad storytelling because I felt like if you have all this dialogue, you should be telling a pretty decent story. But the entire time, I just was not hooked. Yeah, I felt like at a certain point, like this time a week ago, I was already two episodes down, you know, having gotten home Friday night Mm -hmm. after work and I knew what I was doing and I was super into it. And now a week later, I just kind of feel like some of the episodes at some points in the season kind of a chore to get through. Yeah. Like I was hyped to watch it and now I'm like, well, now I need to not only for the sake of being current, but for this podcast, but got to start what you finish. And I got to say, no, I'm not going to crap on it. It wasn't bad as a whole, but I got to say every individual character season Mm -hmm. leading up to this point, with the exception of Iron Fist. I actually enjoyed more. I'm like, no, they're just better in their own element. I agree. And, and they had one of the biggest things is, yes, Jessica already knew Luke. And, right. you know, he got introduced through her season, got his own, and they're back together. Okay, I buy that. But they had so many great opportunities for collaborations. You know, Heroes for Hire, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, buddies in the comics. And they They had like were. five minutes on screen together. And they they're fought. fighting. Well, and I think what they were trying to do is is in the comic book universe, there's always this fun, oh, what if Wolverine and Hulk fought, right? Or something where you put two heroes together. and Or actually in uh, one of the movies, Marvel movies, Iron Man and Hulk fought, for example, right? And they put that in there as some a little bit of fan service to the, the people who would have thought, oh, who would win in a fight, this hero or that hero? And I feel like the entire middle part of this season was them trying to answer the question of, oh, what would happen if Daredevil and Iron Fist fought, right? And like, so they would make that happen. But they It's really half-assed. It was half-assed. And Short honestly, lived. we as an audience, I think, and I mean, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself, I would rather see them come together and, and show throughout the season them building a bond and fighting the bad guys together 
not fighting each other through episodes like four through seven. I'm going to try to start at the beginning and just kind of give a pick my brain here about my memories. The first episode, they don't see each other. Fine. Have you noticed episodes one kind of through three before they really kind of have a well, a coming together moment? At the very end of three, they're together. Yes. And they're about to fight. Yes. And Not each other, but... The, right, yeah. the hand. Have you noticed almost every single scene when they would jump from this person, here's what they're doing, to this scene, They would that scene would be bathed in that person's signature color? Like Luke, no, I didn't Luke notice Cage, that. There's always something yellow, a very not, not like not bright yellow, like Sesame Street or Crayola yellow, but okay. a tinge of yellow. Jessica Jones had her purple. I Iron like Fist that. had his green. I didn't know that. But even like if it. you watch the, them in the the diner or the Chinese restaurant, uh-huh. when they're sitting at all like four corners to the table, like each person's had a different color. Yeah. like I, I did notice they had different color, uh, like giant paintings and stuff. Right, behind and them. they were all supposed to, I think, mildly, not blatantly, but mildly tell you that that's that person's persona and character okay. and their associate color i kind of like that i like how this show that's good directing yeah i that's, thought that was clever i like how this show made the the minor characters from every person's individual season show up and have at least some something to do some purpose whether it was malcolm for jessica or foggy and karen for daredevil right. so on down the line colleen i she bothered me but she was actually i actually, I actually don't mind Colleen. i like colleen she was a little better this like season foggy. okay fair enough everyone's got theirs uh, I thought Iron Fist actually mattered more in the Defenders than he did in his own show. But here's the thing, and let me uh, this is a big thing that bugged me. He was a bitch the entire fucking season. But he just grew up magically? Well, he just like in You mean in, in the original season? No, in his original season. Yes. He is always that person who's like I'm going to stand up for what's right. And then when they're fighting the hand and they're all together, he's always the one who's just like no, you better get out of my way. Like I'm doing it my way, and and he was never a team player. And I mean, that was never a part of his personality before to be such a loner and kind of antagonizing towards any any of his you know fellow protagonists. Like that that just it just seemed off to me. It was off a quick character. shift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that he was ready to to throw down. With three of his friends, just because he didn't agree with them, that didn't seem right. Yeah, but he kind of had a good reason. They were tying him up and holding him prisoner. No, no, no. They tied him up because they f- he he was fighting them. They were like, "Hey, you got you can't do this with us. You've got to hide because they need you. You are the key. So you should probably stay away." And he's like, "No, this is my fight." And so he was just being a. I'm sorry, he was being a little dick about it. I'm just. Yeah, that's fair. I did not really vibe with in episode one how they basically tied together every person's finale from their own previous season, or in this case, Daredevil's mm-hmm. second season. They felt like it felt like they just glossed over. It. It's like how did Luke get out of prison so easy? Because remember, uh, they showed yeah. they, they had documents that were going to prove his innocence. They just like, oh, by the way, it worked. You know, yeah. or Danny and Colleen are in. Cambodia or something? At well, the they were flying everywhere around. Yeah, and, and it turns out it was Electra, the black sky who slaughtered Kung Lun yeah. monks. And that was just kind of like, they wrote that off just super fast. Like, oh yeah, it was her, by the way. And I feel like they could have taken more time out of the season to do something there, to to build something and set something up instead of just say, while you were gone, this happened, he's out of jail now. Yeah, it was just very easy storytelling. It was almost, I don't know, just a little shorthanded, it felt like. Some of the things that I liked, 
uh, on a positive note, I did like... Oh, hold on. I'll think of something. <laughs> the action scenes were pretty good for the most part. Um, they they were, but they oftentimes were just people fighting and there wasn't too much creativity behind it. Yeah. You notice the... Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to jump ahead. The last fight scene that we we just watched Fresh in, in my mind. living room. Yeah. I, I was thinking to myself, there's, there's no um, clever way of taking down the villains here. They just go down a, a shaft and they just start punching everyone. And the fight scene is just that. It's just clips of each uh, hero at some point just punching, kicking, or throwing someone. And there was nothing to it. It didn't even show them working together. Yes. It didn't show like anything where uh iron fist and uh luke cage maybe go back to back right and they they kind of look at each other and they're like hey i'm we're fighting together now and and they kind of utilize each other's strengths somehow to really defeat the bad guys or like luke takes daredevil and tosses him into something yeah he does like a spinning sidekick or something Yeah, yeah yeah missed opportunities it was rather just generic brawling rather than like cool action and we're used to some pretty cool action out of Netflix shows, especially Daredevil. Especially Daredevil, yeah. Where they Daredevil, especially, does these really long. Every season, there's always like one or two scenes where there's really long fight scene. Oh, without that's a cutaway, just, yeah. That's just amazing. Where you're just like, wow, this is awesomely choreographed. This looks great, and they didn't have anything like that here. You know what I'm thinking? Every time I'm starting to think about like, what's my next point? It kind of comes back negative. And again, I didn't hate this. I didn't dislike it, but a lot of just yeah. Things that just didn't work. I'll name some of them. Okay, so three of the four defenders Mm -hmm. felt like they had a reason to be there. One of them just really felt like he was just kind of lost in the shuffle, and that to me was Luke Cage. Let me say what or explain what I mean. Daredevil had a clear reason for being as heavily involved as he was. You know, and they very much he already fought the hand. Yeah, and so and and he knows Madame Gao, and he's familiar, and of course it's Elektra, but not really Elektra. That's and so he's personally attached. That was his, you know, causality for being involved with this. Yeah. Jessica Jones had the... Well, she uh, had the, the, the case guy, that she was looking into. Yeah, the guy who was right. trying to stop the hand by pulling a Rogue One by blowing him up from the inside. But he couldn't do it in time. And so, it, like, and Electra came to her apartment, so the fight came to her. Danny, of course, is very key in all of this, being that he is the, the key, literally. And it's his sworn enemy who he's been... As he states a hundred times between last season, his own season, this season, I'm sworn to, you know, to protect Kunlun and defeat the hand. It's like, right. we know, we get it, we got it. Right. Um, so he has a very pivotal role in this. And I just felt Luke Cage's impetus in all this was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just trying to come back and clean up the streets. And this one kid who I never knew <clears throat> is mixed up in some things for half an episode. And now I'm involved. And I, then his, I didn't, I didn't, I just thought he was lost. Like, I didn't mind that. I, I, I get what you're saying now that I'm thinking about it in retrospect, but during it, I didn't think that it was out of place because he was doing the same thing that he was doing in his previous season, which is he's just trying to help the people of Harlem. And it turns out that one of those hand leaders, I don't remember what those, the five fingers of the so hand. So one day. Okay. Uh, white, white hat, they called him. And I'm going to do this. This is a atypical thing. It wasn't horror, but. There was one black guy who was one finger of the five mm-hmm. on the hand, right? Who died first? <laughs> yeah, that's the black guy always dies first. But who captured him? The black guy. <laughs> so I guess it's a wash. Yeah, I guess, but I just I, it did not feel as compelling 
for his reason to be in that fight as the others. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I'm glad he was there because I like him. also his personality makes it so he doesn't run from a fight no matter what. That's true. Whereas somebody like Jessica Jones is constantly trying to run from that fight. And that actually brings me to another point that kind of annoyed me was I, f- I feel like I'm talking a lot of crap about this, but I'm like you. I didn't hate it, but I really thought there was just so many missed opportunities. So yes, that's, that's why I'm the, that's the phrase. kind of, it sounds like I'm being negative. Daredevil, that whole issue with him trying to always save Elektra. And I, before this season, oh, when we watched came the out, preview. Yeah. I remember saying the one thing I hope they don't do because I knew Elektra was coming back. The one thing I hope they don't do was bring her back and then have this un- this kind of plot where he's constantly trying to save her and be like, I know you're in there somewhere. Yeah, I sense and, good in you. They basically ripped off a line from Return of the Jedi when Luke's did, talking to Darth. Yeah. And, and they did exactly that. And it was long and drawn out and it was so predictable they were going to do that. You could just tell from the preview and it's going to be up to Daredevil to save her. And try and be like, I feel you. You're not who you say they are. Yeah, and at I the end, she goes, I'm sorry. And it's like, you're sorry? Man, you've been a bitch for days, and now we are going to die? <laughs> and yeah, you're sorry? too late. Uh, I feel like that One Republic song should be playing. Right? It's too late to apologize. <laughs> yeah, damn it, Electra. Uh, they're playing in concert tomorrow. You want to go see them? No. No, me neither. Uh, I think we should probably wrap it up sometime soon. Hold on. But I do want to... No. You wait. Okay. I've got more. But yeah, I agree. As do I. Let's get on the downside. Here's a few little things. I like that they introduced, there's more members to the hand, but only really one of them kind of mattered, and then she died. Yeah. Okay. Actually, we didn't even talk about the villains. Oh, oh yeah. And Bakudo, who was like, I'm not like that Madam Gao's hand. I remember that was a whole plot point to Iron Fist. Right. And then he imprisons her and, you know, basically offers her up as a sacrifice and yet when they see each other, when they're reunited as the hand, he looks at her, he's like, no hard feelings or something yeah. like that. Just like some like easy wash. Well, um. It's like, that's kind of weak. But I guess they're reunited the, for a bigger purpose. The leader of the hand, I don't Alexandra. remember her name. Alexandra. Sigourney she Weaver. Did say, she did say sometime during there, she's like, we can't say that we all haven't tried to kill each other sometime in the past before. Yeah, and who knows how many decades or centuries that's been. Cause... Yeah, but I do feel like that was kind of washed over. You're just like, so there's five who have who are always battling. They don't really like each other. But they come together when it's time to take over the world. And what was with those explosions in episode one? What were they doing? Was that laying the foundation to get to the drag? They didn't I, really explain they that. They didn't really explain it. You, I Maybe I'm assuming that they were trying to dig that big hole. And that was that like that a, was like the, some big drill hole, and it shook the whole place. But it, I don't know. I yeah. really don't know. And this is the thing that I was going to say: is there was not really much of an explanation on how Iron Fist is the key. Basically, they no. said he's the key, and nobody knows how. And then they just show his fist break through the wall, and then all of a sudden they're inside a fossilized dinosaur bed uh, or dragon, dragon, dragon yeah, the same dragon that he apparently defeated, or maybe an Iron Fist in the past has defeated to, you know, in New York. Yeah, but it's supposed to be in Kunlun. Like, that was... Oh, and of course, how do you... That last episode was just trash. Let's just face it. That last yeah. episode was trash. And what do you... It fell into all the stereotypes like we talked about. Like, oh, I know you're in there, Daredevil, or Elektra. And then, of course, you know, the fake fake out death, which it's like, no, we don't believe he's mm-hmm. dead because we already know season three is going to happen. And then the long, drawn-out morning scene and everyone, like, here's what everyone's doing in spite of that. Yeah. But the thing that really bothered me... How do you just imply that there's something world-ending is going to happen and a race against the clock, generically speaking? You put a bomb into the mix, right? Yeah. What was that bomb even for? 
Like, where was that from? So they planned to blow themselves the, the, up? The bomb was... You mean, where did they get the bomb? They got it from evidence, the evidence No, lockup. but what was it for? What were they intending to do with it? No, they, that's what they were intending. They said, if we can't stop this, we will at least be able to topple this entire building on top of that uh, hole. See, I, I kind of miss that. And it's just like... You uh, know, I and, got and that. It did the stereotypical no. thing. Guy dies. Oh, before I die, I'm going to activate the bomb. And then countdown. It was just... It's right. such a New York City skyscraper building is going to come down way to finish things. Yeah, I just felt like there was nothing creative about this. No, it was very basic. And so, okay, I, I think we've talked a lot of crap, and and there was even... Oh, go I've, ahead. Got, I've got one last <laughs> okay. thing, though. And I really like these characters individually. I want to. Yeah. But how come you know, Luke Cage no-sells certain offense from people? Even when Iron Fist, before he cheese up, you know, is going to a town on him when he's fighting him. He's clearly a better fighter, but he's not as strong. And so then Luke just has to like punch him one time, right? And then he, other people come in, you know, just the the job squad guys, the guys that are faceless and nameless, right. come up and attack him. And then he like break a chair over him, and he just again no sells it. What? But then Electra, who's not any real special power, she's just an insanely good fighter, starts hitting him, and he goes down, and she knocks him down. No, I think I think in the process of bringing her back to life, it made her stronger. Okay, but then the the Japanese guy fights him. And, and I'm assuming able, that there's something there too. Because it was, they were just very inconsistent with when is he unbreakable and when he's not. You know? Right. No, when I hear you. Iron Fist cheat up and hit him. Okay, I believe that. Right, but also, um, forgetting his name again, the finger, one finger of the hand that, that died first. What did, what did you say his name was? Sawande. Sawande. The white he, hat. When he hit him, um, he Luke Cage back. went down too. Yeah. And so I think that the hand, those five all have kind of special strength and powers and that i don't they've know they've gotten assumedly from like dragon oil no blood for oil like i didn't what the I, hell yeah so they're basically <laughs> repurposing the dragon fossils to make the ooze that makes them immortal that brought electra back and what even was the black sky it's our weapon but yeah yeah and no, they don't explain what is yeah you're okay what is the black sky is it is it a prophecy like why did you name her the black sky like what how did you know that to bring Electra back to and do Electra's it just the versus vessel. someone else. Yeah. Um, and what does the Black Sky do? What, what is her powers and where do they come from? They don't explain any of that. They yeah. just say, "Oh no, she's powerful now." And they say her powers are beyond anything we could possibly imagine. And then you're like, "But where?" Madame Gao force pushed people. That seems Everywhere. more powerful than 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 a strong anything, punch anything, like that. Yeah. She has actual power. So what are where what are we talking about here? Yeah, it was just. I, I feel like of things to be <laughs> we're talking we're talking very poorly about this um and i think it's because we didn't hate it but it 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 had so much potential and it floundered it yeah it really did it just was seemed like a wasted opportunity in a lot of ways and you know who actually i enjoyed the most really on the good side of things because he wasn't all good i like stick yeah he's that and he was he's he's kind of like somehow evil in a way but always for good because he's willing to stop he's the hand at the any right cost reasons, but right at the same the time reasons kind of guy he goes and and um does things that you're like yeah actually that's the right thing to do yeah it's it's a final way of looking at things he's very absolute yeah i agree with you i i, li- I liked him a lot. and he was a badass cutting off his own hand fighting sword fighting yeah. one-handed uh, there's getting out two of some jams two people lost hands here well oh Arm. She lost her arm. Misty. But, but in losing your arm, you lose your hand. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No one <laughs> has ever in the history of losing an arm survived their hand. I so badly. So when they were walking out of the building and they were like, they had her up on their shoulders and uh, 
Iron Fist comes out and he's like, what happened? I so I just so badly wanted to be like, oh my God, do you need a hand? And then he just kind of giggles to himself and then just walks off. <laughs> She's just bleeding to death. And he does a charged <laughs> fist pump. He hits cheat up fist pump and it just like cracks the air open around him. <laughs> that would, I don't know how that works. But. Again, missed opportunity. See, missed opportunity. So All right. I would say the excitement for me for this show. Okay really was more than the like of the show having watched it. Here's the problem. It was like we a, get a, movies like the Avengers. Yeah. And or any of the I, I don't not just the Avengers, but even like the Captain America movies where there's a lot of those heroes together and we see them fight together and and it feels amazing. Like you're like that was a good story even enhanced by the fact that there were multiple heroes. In here, we kind of expected that same thing. We're like, man, all of those Netflix seasons, minus uh, Iron Fist, all of them were pretty good. And when you put them all together, I feel like they're going to not squander that and they're going to make a really good season. And and they they didn't. No, they didn't. And I think that's why we're just so disappointed. And much like the Marvel movies, you know, prospecting for a larger Avengers picture, these shows did a pretty darn good job of harvesting, you know, preliminary as to why these guys are going to come in contact. And I liked when they started showing up in each other's lives. All of a sudden, Jessica Jones, don't answer that question. You know, I'm your lawyer. That was great. Like that, I was like, yeah, I remember that. Actually, they showed that in the preview yeah. when Matt Murdock walked in there or when Iron Fist meets Daredevil and just all these introductions. That was cool. And then it just felt like, now what are you guys going to go do? And it's like, meh. And are we to believe that all the hand are dead? Because they seem dead. Well, there's only five hands or five fingers to the hand. One got stabbed by the black sky. One got beheaded. One, the other one. Got but that's beheaded. a good point because if Daredevil can get out from the rubble, the rubble, which was such a predictable fake out, like I said, I, and they don't explain it. But I'm sure they will, but um, maybe they just like ran. That'd, be, that'd so be more creative. Than obviously, some of the there's a way out, which means that Madame Gao. I think she's the only one that survives. I because the other guy, I don't even remember they, his name. Well, one was stabbed. Uh, well, one. Was dying in the cave. Yeah, he had to impale himself on rebar, and he said, "What is this?" And she said, "It's the right. end." And we we're assumed to. He, the he kudo died. got his head cut off. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he's gone. Uh, oh, and what he could eat bullets, by the way. Like when he was in the previous season, and even a little bit this season, doing combat, he would get hit, and it would rock him, obviously. But all of a sudden, Misty lights him up with three bullets, and he just eats them like nothing. Well, I think they also brought him back to life. With some of that stuff. Oh, at the end of Iron Fist, because he was assumed dead. So, I, remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I think that he was stronger, similar to the Black Sky. But then, Good see, that, that that brings up then the why question. Then why isn't he the Black Sky? Why isn't he the Black what Sky? What makes the difference? And yeah, it was... Like I said, we, we need to wrap this up because we... I feel like we've just been blasting it the whole time. All in all, it was entertaining enough for me to keep watching. But I feel... I'm not going to go back and watch it, though. I'm not either. I'm good. But I didn't with all the other ones, even the ones I liked. So... I if I were to rate this on a scale of one to one hundred, I'd probably give it like a sixty two. Two. <laughs> Thank you. Sixty two. That's very specific. Yeah, I, I couldn't say any higher than like a seventy. Like this was a a, a C minus effort for me. me. T- yeah, okay. Yeah. So sixty two. Well, I don't want That's to get a technical. D. That's a D. But yes. Well, you know, I think it's time that we move from something that we're not too excited about. To something that we really are excited about. Yeah, it's our spoiler-filled... Uh, we're going to shift gears into movies. And it is a spoiler-filled, so you've been warned. It's a spoiler-filled discussion about a cinema classic called The Room.
You may know that quote, but have you really dug deep to the true soul of that movie? That movie, of course, is the Academy Award wishing nominee of Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Yeah, you know, it's not often that um, you reach a point, a pinnacle in uh, just the mastery of cinema. of art. Yeah. You know, living you art. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I said cinema. You said art. I think you're right. This is beyond cinema. Oh, it, it is. It is creativity fulfilled. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's an amazing, amazing display of the true, true heart and mind of Tommy Wiseau. Just a, a genius. You know, it's not often uh, that someone who is so gifted can not only share his or her talents in the director's chair, mm-hmm. produce it, right, write it, yeah, and star in it. You know, I mean, you think yep. about people who are able to do that. Tom Hanks has done that. Denzel Washington's done that. Tommy Wiseau did that. You know what? I would. I know he wasn't the first, but I, I feel like he was the best. Like you know, like how do you how do you surpass that? You don't unless Tommy Wiseau begins making films again. We we will never get someone to make as much of a masterpiece as Tommy Wiseau already created with the room. Yeah, so we had a chance a few weeks ago to sit down and really dissect this, uh, just this this beautiful masterpiece. Masterpiece. Um, yeah, I'm just at such a loss for words. We had a chance to. Uh, join up with some friends and sit down and watch this and you know of course this movie has been made what it is probably in the internet age and it's quoted everywhere the simpsons have quoted it it's been parodied everywhere but have you actually sat down and watched the movie and fortunately now we can say yes that we have and mm-hmm. um you know for being i'd like to say i've i've seen it about three times now because but that's it, that's not enough though when you no. think about it. I, I, but every so time i, say, I feel be, like i see something new every time all right and and I you know, I feel like I'm just deeper within Tommy Wiseau every time. Oh, you get in the man's head, and you see just yeah. how how what a, a riveting, deep message he had to display. Yeah, I I enjoy getting just deep in Tommy Wiseau. And never before has San Francisco just looked so majestic. It's like it's, like, it, it's what Full House wishes it was. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. So uh, before we go on and just, you know, singing the praises of this awesome, awesome piece of just history. Now, I'm not even going to say cinematic history. It is just part of our history. Right. Um, you guys should know that we're full of shit. And this movie sucks. Royal balls. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> and you can look to so many things. But I, I had never actually sat down and watched this movie. And we had our own little mystery science theater uh, 3000 squad going on. But the things, yeah, we like. Well, I, I love putting bad movie nights together. The things we picked up on, though, uh, not I'm not going to take credit for, but uh, you know, one of the viewers said, "How many times do we see roses? Remember, there's roses in like everywhere. Her dress is a rose. There's rose there. There's a picture of a rose and like spoons. And were there's a, thing. a kiss from a rose. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, this was uh, so we did a little digging too. Apparently, this guy, Tommy Wood, yeah. Um, I think that's won some sense. money in a settlement or an inheritance or something like that? Because who would have? Obviously, he funded this for. Uh, no, I thought it was a. Uh, he actually. Made oh no, he money had real, real estate. estate. Yeah. That's right, and he owns property apparently, or did, or in San Francisco. So, so there and you go. Uh, he f- self-funded this, and it was on a budget of six million. Yes, you're correct. Six million dollars, and now that was back in 2013. 
according to Wikipedia, which uh, never lies, that would make it equivalent to $7.8 million in just 2016 alone. And how much did it gross? Like 15000 <laughs> I mean, that's got to be... But by today's standards, he's... I'm, I, I guarantee he's never made that money back. No. But uh, by today's standards, you know, he's still making money on it. People are buying it, and people are buying it because it's become notorious on how bad of a movie it is, but laughably bad. And it's a cult classic because And he's, of, of course, now changed his tone, not wanting to be laughed at, saying, oh, no, I'm yeah. laughing with you guys. Of course this was no, supposed to be No, it was to totally bad. meant to be. It was the Citizen Kane of bad movies. And it's like, no, you... And have you noticed he basically wrote himself into every character? Yeah. And he was Johnny. Like, what did we say after this? Like, oh, this was totally like a breakup film to try and say someone, no, look what you missed. I'm such a good guy. This is me in this character. I know. Even the mom. Uh, <laughs> you the, should. The woman's like, he hit me, mom. And she's like, oh, but he's a good guy. He's financially <laughs> stable. He's got a good job. And you're like, did you not just hear her? Even though she was lying, but the mom didn't know that. Uh, yeah, she was lying. And you know what? I This is a very, very quotable movie. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to just... A little sprinkle Every in. once in a while, just sprinkle some of these, these, these wonderful, wonderful quotes in. And on that same note about where uh, his... What was his girlfriend's name? Lisa. Link you, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, you know she's she's lying about him hitting her. Clearly, this was an ex that he just tried to and, wickedly characterize. And here is him defending himself. No, he should. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> the the I mean, we could next time we watch this movie, we should have a little ticker for all the oh hey's, oh hey Johnny, oh hey Mark, oh hey like yeah. It's constant. It, it literally... I think, was it you that pointed that out when we were watching it? You probably. were like, man, everybody just says, oh, hey, to each other. And then I think after I said that, within 30 seconds, it happened again. Yeah. It. I mean, it's obviously easy to tear this movie apart, but it really feels like it was written by a 16-year-old, like an angsty 16-year-old. And remember like when he talks about his job, oh, we got a new client. We're going to make lots of money. He just like has no concept of what the yeah, things he are he's actually he's talking, talking about. about. Just like Which generic is weird terms. because if in real life he's actually made money on on real estate deals, he should know at least how to talk about business. But he just he just passes over it and just says, "We've got a new client. We're going to make a lot of money." Yeah, it's like like the the cop coming home. How was your day at work, honey? Oh, it was good. We fought crime and got the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the level Mission of complete. writing. Yeah, it was really. I'm going to play Johnny's response to Mark when he asks about his job. How was work today? Oh, pretty good. We got a new client at the bank. We'll make a lot of money. What That's what client? banks do. I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, come on. Why not? No, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life? Logical question to ask, to deflect when you don't want to talk about yeah. the bank because it's confidential. How's your sex life? So anyway, how's your sex life? Yeah. Which I ask you all the time. Only because... after we have a banking conversation, though. Well, obviously. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just awkward. It's, you need some weird, sort yeah. of transition. A buffer. Yeah. Yes, yes. And banking conversations are the buffers. And that's why I don't have banking friends. <laughs> if you have not seen this wonderful masterpiece of a movie, you need to schedule a bad movie night with your friends. Yeah, do it. We did it, and it, I think it 
though there was tearing apart in the movie, it yeah. sewed us closer together as friends. I think so. And there yeah. are times where we would stop and we'd be like, wait, did that just happen like we think it just happened? Like, and we'd even rewind for it. as bad of a movie as this is, did that really just happen or did that person just say that? It's so, it, and and it, the, it, you know, I, I think a very buzzy word right now, especially in the, the internet age, is cringe. Like, oh, that was cringeworthy or that made me cringe. But the love scenes in this movie oh, are awkward. cringeworthy. And they it's go on for a really long way time. Way too long. And the bad dubbing, like the sensual the, laughter. And, ooh, uh, uh, <laughs> and like the use of a rose in every fucking sex yeah, scene. <laughs> who does that? He just thinks like literally like he got his ideas about love from like a Fabio novel or something like that. It's like. it's just, it's Yeah, exactly. It's it's really awkwardly done. And, and I think, and they're all the same where they're all um, the the camera panning around the bed but the bed has like one of those that has a frame and has like the sheets going down of course because this guy's like the perfect lover so it's always like it it's like did you just watch an episode of red diaries on like hbo red shoe diaries red shoe diaries thank you on like hbo or something or showtime and then you're like i prefer silk stockings i could do that and that's the way to film a sex scene like it's just it's like what reality are you living in and they i think i mean he just wanted a reason to show his butt Apparently, yeah, because he showed it a lot. He did, and they sh- and he showed the woman uh, who plays Lisa her topless fairly often, and it's not something that I wanted to see. No, no. I, I felt bad for that girl who said yes to this role. Yeah, not only having watched the movie, but now knowing where all their career careers. Oh, yeah. The only you know, went. the only half decent actor was Mark, and the only half half decent actress was the mom. The mom. Yeah. Let's actually play her best line when she's talking to her daughter, Lisa. Okay. Yes. Here you go. This is a shocking discovery about a diagnosis. You're not dying, Mom. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. Look, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. Yeah. So reassuring. Uh, I definitely have breast cancer. Look, don't worry about it. <laughs> what? What do you mean, don't worry about it? She just said she has breast cancer. Oh, well, but you know what? Maybe it's just kind of like, oh, you're not going to give a shit when I say my, my fiance is hitting me? <laughs> then I'm not going to give a <laughs> yeah, shit when you tell fire. me you have breast cancer. Oh, man. Oh, th- this, you know, one of the things um, that I think this movie did really well, and and I would almost say sparked something for the TV show Arrested Development is it did the chicken insults incredibly well. Wait, you said this movie was in 2013. Did you mean 2003? Because that would be prior to Arrested Development. Yes. Okay. Did I say 13? You did. That's okay. I I knew what you meant. I just wanted to clarify. Yes. It feels like it was made from like 1978. I'm sorry. So for the past like 15, 20 minutes, somebody's scratching their head listening to this going, wait, so it was done in 2013, and you're saying that inflation would make it worth 1.8 million times more in three Obviously. years? Uh, my, my apologies. Yes, so it was made in 20, 2003. But you were saying as a precursor to what Arrested Development, one of their kind of... Uh, their constant little gags that Arrested Development does was the, the, the chicken insult. and Which was funny. It was funny there, but you know what? This, they were trying to do it serious. Why don't we play that? Yeah, here's a little highlight of which... Chicken feet, are you just a little chicken? Are you calling chicken? 
That is a fierce insult. You're not good. You're just a chicken. Tip, 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 tip. And, uh, you know, so he, he makes himself out to be like just the ideal man for any worthy woman. Oh, I don't drink. And then, but I start drinking because Lisa doesn't love me. It's just, it, it his views, which clearly are his, not his characters, and he right. just puts them on to his character, are so sophomoric. And just, oh, remember the flower scene? When he goes to buy, again, roses for his lady, because that's what all women love, right? I'm surprised he didn't go to, they don't show a scene where he goes to the chocolate store or the diamond ring store and just buys all these yeah. stereotypical things. How like, how about just spend time with her, have a conversation with her instead of giving her roses and boning her, you know? Well, and the conversations they had were very awkward and I'm poorly your written. Husband. So maybe they were like, uh, we don't want to have more conversations. We're just going to bone because yeah. every time it's awkward when we talk. Yeah. yeah. And you know, this, the scene that you're referring to, I'll play it in a second. This is just, actually proof about how badly this is directed and edited yeah and voiced the, and there's some the weird dubbing, dubbing like in dubbing. this yeah it's now a lot of these you you would have to see to really understand how poor this is so if you've not seen it i'd recommend at least going on youtube and seeing some of these clips but more so Recommend the whole movie. Yeah, some of the best parts are in between the famous clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just kind of ties the shittiness together. Anyway, here's a pretty famous scene um, about about him going in and getting some roses for his fiance. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be eighteen dollars. Go. Keep the change. Hi, Dougie. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Have you noticed how they were on top of each other? They were That clearly was not spoken. Yeah. Oh, the, th- there was there was no moving of the mouth for Tommy no. or Johnny's and, side of it during yeah. half of the what he was saying. Yeah. And the floral shop lady, they say her show her is just saying like one sentence and the, everything else she says is off camera or. Yeah. It's super, just bad. super awkward. It literally it's like a kindergarten production. And the that just you can hear it in the cadence in that scene. The vocals are on top of each other. Yeah, it's very poorly. How much edited. is it? Eighteen dollars. Keep the change. Here you go. You're my favorite customer. It's hi, Dougie. Like, yeah, it's like, so like why did you need to say all that? Just walk in, and that's another thing. She has to go. Oh, you're my favorite customer because he's Be- such a good guy. Because he's because he's such a good guy. It's like, dude, just make it so that you're going in. And getting roses, and you're just like, hey, can I get a dozen roses? And she's like, sure. And you're like, here you go, keep the change, hey, dog. And then just walk out. That's it. It's written as if robots were doing the script. This is how humans talk. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe he is a robot. He's that would explain be. it. And have you? I mean, I've watched countless clips of him after this movie doing tours or press or showing up to some crappy local news station to promote something. He seems just like... Like, he's not really all there. I don't think so either. Straight up. But he, somehow, you know had what he reminds me of? $6 million. I've to dealt make with this. plenty of landlords in San Francisco doing my job. He reminds me exactly of a San Francisco landlord. There's just a certain type, and I don't expect anyone to necessarily know what I'm talking about. But if you ever meet a San Francisco landlord, ask him for a copy of the room. They probably have it. <laughs> he's like, oh, I love this. Yeah. Oh, this is a great This movie. is like my Bible. You're my favorite tenant. <laughs> Anyways, this movie sucks balls, but in the best possible way. But we want you to watch way. it still. We want you to f- just suck it. We want you to feel the suck. Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Just 
deep inside him. It's a ridiculously fun time. Yep. Um, obviously, that was not a real spoiler review of anything like we he normally dies. do. He dies. He shoots himself at the end. And then the dog eats him. Now it's a spoiler. Yeah. You're my favorite snack. <laughs> <laughs> we should just start saying that everything. You're our favorite listeners. We never touched on Denny. Oh, God, Denny. What well, I don't want to touch on him, but he's just a weird character. Okay, so let's move on because that was fun. But we have some real stuff to talk you know, about. Real quick, though, back to that okay. point movie. You know what's actually really getting this movie back in the public consciousness? Not only because it's... Ro- oh, yes, the disaster artist. The disaster artist, artist yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know... Uh, is it Judd Apatow is... I'm not sure, but I know it has James Franco and Seth Rogen because those guys are butt buddies, but yeah, in a funny so, way, So usually. they're they're acting in it where James Franco is playing Tommy Wiseau, and it's a movie about the it's making... It's like a mockumentary, it almost looks like. Yeah, something like that. It's a movie about the making of The Room. And so I would highly recommend seeing The Room before this movie comes out. So much but more you know, contextually aligned. I, I wonder how much money this is going to make for Tommy Wiseau because this is going to raise the awareness around this movie like a hundredfold. He just backed into stardom. Like he stumbled his way. This was not by intention. It's like the Will Hung of of movies, right? How Will Hung was like horrible, laughably horrible. But he took himself seriously and then he's like, oh, everyone's laughing. No, I meant to be this way because I'm funny. And then they were like, let's just give him a freaking record deal and they made his dreams come true. But... He's a laughing stock about it. So it's kind of an interesting setup. So right. after you've watched The Room, then listen to us talk about video games because that's where we're headed next. So a couple of trailers that we just want to discuss. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution. I honestly thought that was the sequel to Jurassic World when I saw <laughs> just the little thumbnails. Oh, like, that's oh, right. Because cool. I, like, I was like, oh, have you seen that trailer? And you're like... Or no, I was like, have you seen that game trailer? And you're like, isn't it the movie trailer? I, I was like, genuinely no. thought it was a, the next movie with Chris Pratt and what are the Raptors going to talk in this one? Um, and then uh, Biomune, which we'll touch on. So Jurassic World Evolution, you just saw it today. Give me your quick thoughts on what you thought of the trailer like, or I, the game does, in general. It does nothing for me. I thought... So do you like those theme park builder type games at all? When I was a all? kid, honestly, not to sound snarky or sarcastic, I haven't played a sim game or a... Uh-huh. Roller Coaster Tycoon or anything like that since I was a kid. This game looks like it's just going straight to mobile, I thought. And then it shows it's yeah. actually coming to console. Yeah, th- I mean, this is a high budget. It does nothing for me based on the trailer. I don't anticipate this is going to be a game I'm going to see. I want to play. I, I will. I don't mind. I actually really enjoy these types of games. I used to play old theme park building games. Uh, I played one of the earlier Roller Coaster Tycoons. I played Did you have one on your phone Sin not City. Um, well, and similarly, you and I played like those Simpsons games. Oh, and, Tapped Out, yeah. I mean, it's in the same vein of all of that. But this one is that perfect setting of being a Jurassic Park-based game. And that's awesome. I, I love the idea of creating your own Jurassic Park theme park, or Jurassic World in this case, and knowing that shit's going to go awry. And how do they you as... They basically tell you that right by Yeah, they the do. And how do you as a player deal with that? I think with today's technology, they can really add to the tiny little nuances of this game that in previous iterations of some sort of theme park building game that they just couldn't touch on before. And it's a th- it's all surrounding a series that I love. I'm looking forward to it. You, it sounds like you won't play it. No, probably not. To me, if I'm just looking back at things, I think I liked endless games 
more when I was a kid. I want my game to have a scope. Like these builder games and sim games, they don't really have an endpoint. You just keep going, going, it depends. going. Sometimes and it almost becomes like a pissing contest. Like you yeah. show off to your friends, oh, look at my city. So what? I have this. And it, I just, I need my game to have a little more scope. I definitely understand that because that is one of the things about these building games or sim type games that you're just building to grow and grow and grow and there is no endpoint. But there's this growing theme of putting a story mode into these types That's of games. That's true. Nowadays, and they do have a lot more meat. Even, even you know, some of the recent sports games that come out, like the, the NBA 2Ks and, and Maddens have this, like, single-player story mode. Yeah. And that's different than it's always been. And, and, and with the new new graphics and new technology, they're able to put that stuff in there. So I'm, I'm thinking that, I'm hoping, that they have something like that in this as well. Let's take a look at another title we saw a trailer for and a little bit of gameplay footage. Uh, Biomutant, is that right? Yeah, Biomutant is made by the X Just Cause developers. So the, the What a claim. It had a kind of beautiful world, but it seemed like a hack and slash. It yeah. seems like Zelda it does with Rocket z- Raccoon. Like That's what it looks Dude, like. Dude, get out of my head. I'm not bullshitting you. That's exactly what I was going to say. And he almost looks a little bit like Shifu, the little uh, mentor to Poe uh, in Kung Fu Panda, voiced by Dustin Hoffman. Oh yeah, he, picture him. Yeah, right? yeah. No, when I is first, he a, is he, he, yeah, he's a raccoon. Huh? No, I don't know what the hell he is, but it doesn't matter. Um, when I first saw the thumbnail, I just, I caught it out of the, the corner of my eye a couple. You're of days like, oh, ago. they're making a Kung Fu Panda. No, and I thought that was Rocket Raccoon. I was like, oh, because oh, yeah. you know, because um, Telltale's doing Guardians of the Galaxy oh, yeah. uh, volumes. I thought, oh, maybe that was just like a little preview pain for the next one. And then I looked a little closer and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what that is. Uh, the game itself looks like it's going to be repetitive, but it could be fun. It does have a Zelda look to it, like just creepy yeah. crawly creatures and you're in a dun- like you're dungeon crawling. It one sounds like time. an open world that you would then go into certain places, like you say, and be dungeon crawling. And I'm going to put air quotes around that. Nowadays, but- equivalently speaking. Um, yeah, and he's, the guy's got guns and they've got weapon upgrades. The little There's a little 11-minute... Uh, gameplay, very basic gameplay. It looks like it's just the tutorial in the first stage and it's jumping around a little bit. I like the actual what I'm seeing from the gameplay, but that f- narration voice just bugs the crap out of me. Yeah. It's almost like the guy who narrates Pooh, like, oh boy, bother dear me. Christopher <laughs> Robinson offers Pooh some honey. And he's telling you everything and apparently he can translate all the language that these little creatures speak. And that's another thing. The little creatures and critters make... That's a little. They got, yeah, like, that's it's very a weird Zelda-ish, almost in a way, yeah, or like true. even um, Fable to some degree. So yeah, I have no idea when that game's wait, coming wait, out. Fable, Fable actually spoke. I didn't mean Fable. I meant um, The Sims. I don't know why I said Fable. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, same game. Yes, it's not, but it should be. Oh, that'd be a cool <clears throat> hybrid. Huh. Create a Fable. Ooh, done. Let's you know, make it. you know what? Can they just make a regular fucking Fable and stop trying to mess with the? <laughs> ip there just rest in peace is what it should no they need to make wow we were getting off on a tangent they need to make fable 4 and they need to make it in the vein of one through three i am done we can talk about biomutant now No, i'm done with biomutant it's cool we don't know honestly there's not much more you're right yeah It, it does look like a hack and slash um it's done in what looks to be a beautiful world but then there's kind of cartoonish animations. I mean, you're a raccoon, like a bio with a upgradable raccoon. Jiminy Cricket running around with you. I'm intrigued. I really am intrigued. And when I saw the gameplay, my first thoughts was, this looks really cool. And then after a while, after 11 minutes, I was like, I'm getting bored of watching this gameplay already. So... Well, games are to be played now. I'm really... Well, true. 
But I'm really hoping that that gameplay doesn't get boring, and I hope that they have a good enough upgrade system to make it feel like you are constantly doing something new. And I will point out, speaking of Fable, actually, they had the ability to choose the good path or the bad path in this. And they make that clearly indicated right from the beginning here. But almost too abundantly clear. Yeah. Because they're There's just like telling a you. Scale yeah, they're the- like, hey, do you want to take a left or do you want to take a right? If you take a left, it's a negative, a it's a negative 10 on the bad scale. If you want to take a right, it's a positive. And they're just like, okay. Well, yeah, how about a little more mystique to it? Like, but yeah, Fable was a little bit more mystique. Like you knew it was a bad choice, but they didn't just tell you it's minus ten or whatever. You would just see your character getting more evil, and and it physically changed that, and it physically changed the way that people reacted to you, and that was cool. This one just seems more obvious about everything, but I do like that idea. Yeah, it seems to be crossing a couple different platforms. I hope to know more when the eventual release date gets closer. Yep. Hey, we're all out of topics in time, so we should just... Well, we have time to throw in our last two sendaways, our awesome quote in Geek History, and our Shadow of the Synopsis. Which one should we do first? We always do the Shadow of the Synopsis first. Yeah, you're right. So I'm going to read Brandon a synopsis, and that synopsis can be of anything. It could be comic, TV show, uh, movie. Yeah, and if you played along in listener land, you know how this goes. If I know it, I'll try to sit on it just so uh, you have enough time to get it. Uh, we've been spicing them up a little bit lately, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this one is more of a thinker. So I'm going to read this to Brandon, and he's... Just do it. Don't talk about it. God. All right, you ready? Yes, I am. Johnny is a... Re- <laughs> Another Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> he has been torn apart. Johnny is a rebellious rapper who sets his eyes on a woman named Kristen. They couldn't be more different. She's a straight-A student whose biggest thrills come from horseback riding, and he's a moody misfit who tears up the streets with his yellow motorcycle. (laughs) Don't laugh. It won't be easy to win her heart, especially when Kristen's athletic ex-boyfriend blocks the way. But when her dad gets in trouble with gangsters, Johnny proves his worth by rescuing her father. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time. (laughs) Do you know it? Oh, God, yes. Okay. Okay. First of all, I used to get my hair cut like this guy. (laughs) <laughs> when I was like eight years old, so I thought I was so awesome. And um, would you be surprised if uh, Johnny at some point told Kristen to lose that zero and, and get, get with, with the, the hero? hero. Yeah. Uh, dude, so awesome. Obviously, you know this. Rob Van Winkle in the house. Yes, that is the notoriously awful. I mean, we talk about the room being bad. Shit. This is Cool as Ice. Yes. In, in which he basically plays... A ridiculized version of himself. Yeah, well, or his he vanilla is a ridiculous character. version of himself. And then in the movie, he plays an even more ridiculous version. It's so funny how like they have historically tried to just like, oh, this guy's super hot right now. We got to get him in a movie. They like, did that with Spice Girls. Oh, they yeah. did that with Hammer. They did that with Michael Jackson. I mean, it's crazy. They do it all the time. Do you remember the last... So the last scene of this is with um, Kristen holding on to Johnny... On the motorcycle. Yeah, on the right? motorcycle, yeah. as he uses a car as a ramp. Ramp, yeah. And the and the and the two lovers ride off to the big city. Like it's just so bad. So cheesy. That uh, is. You know what? I feel like this podcast has been in the back half between talking about the room with Johnny and cool cool as ice with Johnny. I feel like you know that uh, Paul Shear podcast. How did this get made? I feel like those are two of like his biggest <laughs> movies that him and his pals have dissected. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I, that great. wasn't done intentionally, but yeah. No, it's a great podcast. All right, so 
you are going to present us that, that... a uh, awesome quote in geek history. What do you got set up for us? So do you remember the movie Monster Squad? No, it was I don't a lot know. of people don't, but a lot of people do. It, was it sounds very, familiar, very much in the vein of Goonies, but with basically the MGM monsters. And the probably the best quote of that movie, in which there are a few, and it's super cheesed out in eighties, is uh, when Horace, aka Fat Kid, finds out that Wolfman does indeed have nards. Enough of me talking about it. How about you listen to it? This is our awesome quote in geek history. <laughs> Didn't you use this as a shadow of the synopsis to me before? I did. Okay. Yes. So I do we're do, that. that was, but I did. Early, that was one I didn't get because I don't recall seeing this movie. You know, it's strange how so many people know this movie and so many people just like no. It, yeah. it's, it's there's not a lot of middle ground with this movie. Great movie. Uh, again, one of those movies I saw at first as a kid. Doesn't quite hold up the same as an adult, but it still has some sentimental value for sure. Mm-hmm. And sentimental value. All our previous recordings, they'll still matter. They might not, might not be as timely if you listen to them now, but you can check out all our old archived episodes. SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're any, on of their, any of their favorite podcasts. Your preferred podcasting app, as they say. And while you're there, do, do us a favor. Give us a rating. That really helps us. Uh, really helps our podcast get out there. It doesn't have to be good. There. It just has to be honest. But if you honestly like us, please let us know. If you have any uh, suggestions for topics or uh, ideas for segments for us to do, or if you or were even fake, in the room fake sponsors. and you didn't appreciate how we trashed your movie. <laughs> if we get an email from Tommy Wiseau, then I know we've made it. Then we are majorly in. Um, so yeah, please please do reach out to us. And you can reach out to us by emailing us at randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Or just tweet us at randomfandomwbb. We are there and we know you are too. Till we talk to you again in a week or two's time. I think I say I'm gonna actually declare this to you. This is not just BS banter for our podcast. Game of Thrones finale is this Sunday. I hope we can watch it. If we can't watch together, we need to watch it individually and get right on it and talk about it because I've been itching to talk about this season since the beginning. Okay, and I've been respectful throughout the weeks, even though there's lots to talk about. But let's do a season yes. seven recap. Absolutely, absolutely. I've got a couple episodes to catch up on before even watching this. Last get on one. it. So I, it. I will, and uh, we will. That's going to be the bane of our next podcast. Plus, whatever else might come up between now and then, we're on it like a bonnet. Yeah, good enough. Uh, <laughs> Happy Easter, everybody. And until then... Thanks for being a fan of our fandom. And stay geeky. We watched Defenders. Made it a part of our agenda. It wasn't that good, remember? When Marvel shows were good. We were excited. All of the heroes united They all got in a fight, remember When all these shows were good